Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the USS Adequate, our ongoing mission, until we are cancelled and replaced by something better, to review every Star Trek episode and movie in existence, to seek out new guests and make them very uncomfortable, to boldly go where every YouTube show has gone before. Well, holy, holy cow, everybody. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Welcome to Star Trekking with Nerdy Up North. I am your host as ever, Captain Goodwill of the USS Adequate, and joining me is my wonderful co-host, Science Officer Sinois. And this week, we are honoured, we are unbelievably lucky to be graced <laughs> with... Slightly moist. Slightly sli moist. Okay. We are slightly <laughs> moist to be in the presence of the producer of the Shuttlepod show, Mark Cartier. Mark, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm a fan of <laughs> He's a fan. I don't know what, to, what do you say after an intro like that? It's you know, I'm I'm not used to being the one getting the attention, so that you've you've made me blush. I think you just make need to make it as sort of nonplussed as possible. Like higher. <laughs> like give, give nothing give nothing for anyone to work with give absolutely nothing to say hello <laughs> and just remain quiet for the rest of the show <laughs> oh how are you how are you today mark i know it's i know it's half 10 in the morning well, in LA. um it's 10 30 in the morning here which is fine i'm usually up by six or something uh uh, but I'm good. We had an we shot an awesome conversation with David Blue from Stargate Universe yesterday, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm really we're really excited about about pulling that together uh, today and tomorrow to make sure that it goes live on Sunday. So, um, yeah, having fun. I ju I just got the notification about Robert Picardo like coming up, and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> oh He'll be in next next week, so anyone who has questions for Robert Picardo, please get them to us, and uh, we're looking forward to that one. You hear it for you heard it here, guys. If you've got any questions for Robert Picardo, for not this Sunday, the Sunday after, follow the Shuttlepod Show, subscribe on YouTube, join their Patreon because holy cow, they are possibly the biggest Star Trek podcast in the world, as we like to say in the UK. But Sinai's, how on earth are you? I'm 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 totally fine this week. I've had I've had quite a chill week. I've I've actually had a chill week. I had to do so much boring adulting on Wednesday. Mm. Like Wednesday is my day when I'm not at work, and I had to I had to get new credit cards. I had to move balances across. I had to apply for a new passport. I had to do all this stuff that I don't want to be doing, but you know is required to exist. The voyage of adulting. You're just like oh damn it. <laughs> yes, the voyage of adulting. It's yeah. it sucks. But guys, I have to say though, I haven't subscribed to the Shuttlepod Air Patreon yet. But it's out of all of the Patreons that you could possibly do, this is the one where I'm like, I need to get on this because mm -hmm. you watch the, you were, you know, like you listen to the shows, and then it just goes, oh, there's more on our Patreon. I'm like, I do want more. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I do want to hear more about this, and it's the best selling technique ever because usually you're like join our Patreon and you get nothing you know you get like we'll post you a slap or something or a cross on i don't know but oh. also yes sorry mark oh i was gonna say i have to admit um it's it's amazing how uh large and energetic uh the community uh at large obviously but the community that has grown around our show 
is really exciting and really grateful. Uh, but I personally was not expecting it to grow so fast. And we were uh, like, we're completely overwhelmed with the response. Uh, like, at, like this is the, the mail that we received this week. Um, and we're trying to responses to everything. You know, we've got stacks of signed headshots for people keeping up, uh, with communicating with all of our Patreon members. It's a, it's a very hard job and we're trying to figure it out. Um, uh, we're trying to get some more help to do that. So, uh, we're, we're, once we get caught up with where we're at, we are really excited to be, uh, to have now taken a look at how Patreon works and kind of what the community wants. We're excited to, uh, sort of relaunch how our Patreon works, what the perks are of membership. And our goal is to make uh, our show the hub of interactivity between the community and uh, all of the awesome, you know, not just the Star Trek alumni, the actors and the writers and directors and all that, but um, you know, also sci-fi, a larger sci-fi community. You know, I'm such yeah. a big fan of Stargate and Battlestar Galactica and you know all these other shows that are how fun would it be to be a hub for all of that so well, the, the crazy thing is like just before uh we started this like goodwill was pointing out like how the the name we've come for this show is like trekking up north and he's like oh it like star trekking up north and he's like that's because that can also encapsulate Battlestar galactica and all these other things i'm like i didn't realize that you clever you clever bitch you know like wow. so we we're, we've built in room to expand there wow. <laughs> i called them yeah <laughs> But I have to say, I love the. It's so crazy though the Shuttlepod show because obviously anyone who hasn't listened, it's the fact of you get, you find out about the actors and the guests, and it's not just about Trek. It's not just about their time, like on that it gets to that, but it's also about their history and stuff. And there's something amazing about learning about the theatrical background of like Armin Shimmerman or like you know how tim russ got started and stuff or like like i didn't know nana visitors like um like mum was a famous dance instructor and you just like and that's what fascinates me because you kind of heard a lot of the typical trek questions before you know yeah it's i mean all, all i heard from mark was oh sorry go, on, mark. go ahead all I heard from Mark when he was on about his Patreon was there is a job opening, so I've just been posting my resume and I'm just making sure that's up to date because, yeah, yeah, I, I will do that. Um, but no, guys, please like and subscribe to Shuttlepod Show. Go onto YouTube, subscribe. If you are a Trekkie, if you are into sci-fi, if you just love good conversation with genuine people, if you just love sitting with a cup of tea or a martini, as I do, every Sunday and listening to a good conversation this is the place yeah. for you because I've, uh, I've come to enjoy uh searching for your inevitable martini comment each sunday it has to be it's a <laughs> it's a custom it was tea and biscuits but then i lost the weight and i'm like okay alcohol because it, everything makes <laughs> alcohol makes everything better but it's 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 a wonderful show this is why we have got mark on because we need to share the love of this show if everything uh, is in the description below for the shuttle pod show so you can follow it as well so after you've finished watching us please go pay them a visit give them a like join patreon because like i said holy cow their patreon is worth it as soon as i got a pay rise i was like patreon straight on got it done it's well worth it guys however we are here to not uh we are here 
to talk about you, Mark, and we are here to talk about Star Trek and the Shuttlepod show. So, Sinos, shall we get into it with our first question? Oh, go on, go on. We heard you like pie. <laughs> Straight in there with the important, the, 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 you know, the That's little the things people are desperate to know. Seen in a long time. <laughs> yes. I have I'm, to, uh, yeah. An obsession. Yeah. I heard you are uh, quite a dab hand at making pie. There's actually a, a photo that you put on your Instagram of a pie scrolling along the bottom of the video because holy cow, we need to. Sh this pie is like, it is absolutely perfect. But uh, yeah, do so you, do you have I your see. pie pie recipe? Like, because I actually kind of struggle with pie crust. You basically, uh, yeah, oh. I. I tell you right now, item number one is love <laughs> don't love it it's not going to take care of you you have is there to a vegan alternative what you want back <laughs> to, to love yeah i told love you Mark. i, I told only you this put is all about hate into my, i only put hate into my meals <laughs> I, I literally, <laughs> i'm just sitting there just like what is it like <laughs> insulting the pancakes as i make them i'm just like you little bastards <laughs> You're the ugliest pancake batter I've ever seen. Yeah. You, you disgust me. But, See, uh... even even the chat, even the chat recognizes the pie love because we've got some. We've got our nerdy up north regulars, and we've also got shuttle pod regulars who are first time chatters. Hello to you all. Good evening. Good morning. Good afternoon. Wherever you are in the world. Hello to Nina, Kelly, <laughs> Beth, Christopher, Paul, our gracious cult leader. Nanu nanu. We are not worthy. It's. It's so wonderful to see you all there. But again, Mark, pie is life. I, I just, I love Nina's comment above where just alcohol with stars around it. And I'm just imagining that, like the Garrick thing. of just like, alcohol. Yeah. That's, Nina's fantastic. She's, uh, she works for the show and uh, <laughs> it's fun to see her in the chat. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, let's, let's, let's get into it because let's be honest, you have been a lifelong Trekkie. Uh, and oh, I think yes. when when we were when we were talking uh, the other day, I mean, I think you're pretty much like me, where you were a Trekkie from a very early age. Yes, like uh, I think I was eight when the Next Generation uh, launched. Uh, oh my god, that's, I was born. that's the first time I really. I remember it. I remember. I grew up in northern Minnesota, and there was no television in our house. We could get. Um, a couple of uh, American networks, NBC and ABC, uh, from the antenna. Mm. Uh, the other channel that we got was out of Winnipeg, Manitoba. It was the Canadian broadcasting channel. And on that one, when the American channels would go to bed at night, the Canadian channel would start playing Star Trek TOS. No way. And I would, I would stay up quietly in the basement <laughs> and watch Star Trek. <laughs> on this crappy little uh, TV that uh, was green. Mm. Like the TV had died, was dying. <laughs> so it had a huge green and it had this like, you know, uh, not a matrix, matrix effect, but it looked terrible. I'm imagining something from like one of the Fallout games. Like yes. that kind of, oh, yeah. you know, like the Pip-Boy thing. Please stand by. <laughs> Fallout. Yes. <Hey>. Get it. Buy <laughs> uh, Fallout Star Trek. Those are my three. <laughs> Yeah. I've got Pip-Boy uh, on the top of one of the bookcases, the bobbly Pip-Boy, because 
Fallout. Yeah, I, I, I discovered Fallout less, but holy crap, when I... Okay. So ever since um, this show has kind of uh, grown an audience, I've been trying to get people who also like Fallout to play Fallout mm. with me. But I can't it, anyone. I've been it, unsuccessful thus far. I don't want to push it too hard, but I really <laughs> want to push it's really difficult because these old games, you just go like, oh, they can't be that good. And then you play them and you're like, oh, like like my first boyfriend loved like he loved um, Fallout and he loved Baldur's Gate and like Planescape Torment and all those, you know, style of games. And obviously it was just like, mm, ah, well, it looks a bit boring kind of thing. And then obviously later on played them and I was like, should have probably listened to this, actually. <laughs> you know, these like narratively yeah. like and the choices you get like nowadays we have games where they're pretty much like, OK, you are stuck. The here is the two endings that we built, and then Fallout's just like ah oh, whatever, you know, like six different endings. How do you want to defeat the boss? Who do you want the boss to be? You know. But the thing is with Fallout, I, I think I need to ask Mark this: Brotherhood of Steel, yes or no? Yeah, yes, because they're interesting, and because they are uh, narratively. Uh, best positioned to walk the line between good guy and bad guy. Uh, you, you never know if they're going to be good or evil, uh, but they're always motivated by the belief that what they're doing is right, and that is a, that is palpable. And uh, yeah, uh, that's why I like. That's so goddamn refreshing to hear. So goddamn refreshing, because no one I know likes Brotherhoods of Steel, and I'm like, why? They are the Starfleet of the Wasteland. <laughs> Well, Starfleet yeah. Borg, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Starfleet Borg are, oh, well, Star practically Star the Borg. same thing. Star Borg. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know... Cause we, we... The Men and Men in Fallout 4 are the yeah. Starfleet of the Wasteland. Oh, yes. Yeah. That actually, is a very good fun. show. So, Sinai, so myself and Sinoids, we've, we've uh, both got our questions for you, Mark. So I think I'll let Sinoids take his cue... I don't want to All of my ones are incredibly stupid. Pie, well, actually... I'm really excited to talk about Pi. <laughs> <laughs> With that said, to be fair, I want to talk more about Pi because I, I was telling a friend the other day, like, I, I used to be in the habit of trying to make new and exciting pies, but with very, very limited culinary knowledge. Uh, and one of the worst pies I've ever made in my entire life was a wine pie where I just... And not, not red wine, not like actually what you would do cooking with. I basically just made a pie crust and then poured white wine into it. And you maniac. It was the most. Or was it a pool of wine? Yeah, like, I, you, you know, we use words like failure, but it doesn't <laughs> quite cover this. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, it's like we need to make a new word for how much of a mistake this was as a concept. When but you like, said you your food with hate i i didn't i thought you were making a joke <laughs> oh he connects i think it, you, you know this thing where you, you know how like you have mad scientists like that archetype mm. but then you have like mad scientist who isn't really a scientist and it's like okay that's even worse you know it's like, holy cow that's me in the kitchen but uh, hello fresh has told me how to make salad now though so uh that's a salad. oh yeah they do that they tell you how to do everything yeah yeah, that's it. I'm like, no, oh, I never thought of cooking it. Wow, what a crazy idea. <laughs> but I know my first question, now this is like separate to everything, but it's like, it's more just a personal like one, but it's more the idea of obviously you are a producer, you've produced films, you've produced like, you know, you produced the Shuttlepod show, but 
I just want to know a bit more about what that role entails because it's one of these ones where it does seem to be a bit of a catch-all in the industry of like oh well some of them are really involved in the process and some of them just give money and some of them just go whatever you know and it's that idea of because I think it's like loads of people sort of blame producers for like films going haywire and stuff like that and I just kind of want your experience of being in that role and what it typically means oh god um well, first off, uh, a producer, capital P producer, in the truest sense of the word, in my opinion, is the CEO of a startup. Mm. Uh, and because everything, like the CEO of a startup, uh, everything is your responsibility. It's, and no matter how much help you get, no matter how much funding you have, uh, you're still going to be sleeping under your desk, uh, you know, trying to uh, force this thing or will this thing into reality. So. Uh, a real producer is involved with all parts of it. Now, uh, there are other pieces of producing. There are producers who specialize in physical production. You know, the people who are really good with the spreadsheets and the budget. This is where the gear is coming from. This is, you know, coordinating all the transportation and all the staff and all that, making sure everyone's getting paid and fed yeah. and, you know, have beds and everything. Uh, then there's, uh, you know, finance or oversight studio level executive types who oversee a slate of projects that a producer is making. Um, and then there's creative producers who develop content ideas. This is an idea that I have for a TV show. Yeah. Uh, let's here's a writer we should work with. Here's a, a showrunner we should pitch. And, and here's a, a, you know, some stars, some television stars that we should try to get into it. That's called the packaging. Uh, but uh, I have always tried to, I like being a producer, producer, the one who works with, you know, concepts to completion and delivery uh, and beyond. Uh, a producer owns it. It's the buck stops here. Is it because of the sleeping under the desk part? Is that like the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just... Finally know. home. <laughs> but... no, no. One of the... You know, one of the things that I love about doing this show is it's such a return to the low budget things that I used to do when I was younger, um, that we are understaffed, underfunded, and if we don't do it, it doesn't happen. Uh, so, you know, we've got an amazing editor and cinematographer called Tranje, uh, Shran for short, uh, who will meet me at, you know, six o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning at a storage unit to load gear into a, you know, a storage van into a cargo van and then, you know, haul it and we'll spend hours just moving gear by ourselves. And we do it because we love what we're doing. You know, on a big movie, you'd have a team of people to do that. Uh, it's it's well, how we do it. <laughs> yeah. It's, on, it's, on a movie. It's, it's in terms of nerding. I don't do the heavy lifting. I just show up and I'm like, oh, hello. Yeah. yeah Gr Graham, Graham is the diva. He is, he is the... <laughs> He is the content. He's the velour-clad the velour <laughs> diva of Nerdy Up North. But it's, it's very much with, with us. That's how we... Because Nerdy Up North was started by Paul two years ago because he loves the Goonies. Um, and he just wanted to <laughs> share his love of the Goonies with a Facebook group. And it went from a Facebook group to a podcast. And it just blew up from there. And then I wormed my way in. And I was like, I liked Star Trek. And here we are now, but it's it's very much it because it, I used I used to work in 
TV and film, and it's going back to those roots of, yeah, it's just you hauling everything somewhere, doing the editing yourself, doing the production yourself, speaking to people. And it's it's very, I, I found it extremely rewarding. I don't know if you feel the same. Yeah, it's like, um, it's like making, bringing something to life. It's like having a baby. Yeah. And then stand back and be proud of it or be very disappointed in your baby. <laughs> yeah, well, like, this is a terrible baby. Well, I'm oh, putting it back in. Baby, I ever had. <laughs> well, well, speaking speaking of the the Simba-esque baby, uh, let's talk about the shuttle pod shot. Uh, did you like that segue? Yes. <laughs> no, that, that was the weirdest segue. I was just like, what? Shut up. <laughs> <Simba>. so, <laughs> I'm trying my best. This is the USS adequate for a reason. So anyway, <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. I was just like, where does that come from? It's brilliant. Um, but yeah, so how did uh, the Shuttle Pod show come to fruition? Well, uh, the pandemic happened. Uh, the three films I was working on uh, got cancelled, uh, got shut down because of the pandemic. Fell apart completely yeah. uh, because of the pandemic. And uh, I was not enjoying my job at the time I was running a company for a financial European based fund, uh, here in LA, it was, uh, in a movie company acquire, produce and distribute movies, but there was, uh, it was not fun hmm. and it was during the pandemic. So I was, I was alone on the sixth floor of this building. <laughs> I just have empty desks. Yeah. Um, and I'm friends with Connor Trenier and, you know, I came to Los Angeles because of Star Trek. My dream was to work on a Star Trek show. And that's why, uh, when I, you know, the first job offer I got out of college was from an executive at Paramount called Kerry McCluggage, who was that chairman of Paramount television. He, you know, was created UPN and was the, was, you know, the, the boss at the time Star Trek enterprise was, uh, had just launched or was launching. Yeah. That's crazy. And uh, that's why I worked at Paramount, because I wanted to be, I wanted an in. <laughs> uh, and Same. so anyway, Connor and I were playing pool, because he's obsessed. If anyone knows doesn't know this, Connor Trenier is obsessed with pool. He loves it. <laughs> and pool playing purist. He has like an original copy of the original instruction manual uh, written by the famous pool guy or whoever. He'll tell no, the Mr. story. Mr. Pool. Mr. Pool. Mr. Pool. <laughs> Mr. Pool. Yeah, so, you know, to pass time, uh, Connor and I uh, would have, have pool tournaments and share, you know, a whiskey or two. Mm. Or I think that's really good because they're like, it's a very social game. Like, I find that when you play pool, you're chatting while you're doing it. Yeah. It's one of those games where Trying you can... to distract the other player, yeah. yeah. Climbing <laughs> up on the table, yeah. <laughs> uh... It's fun. Uh, so uh, he he and I were were having a couple of drinks, and I was sort of lamenting where things were at. Uh, and uh, we started talking about. He had mentioned something about uh, running into Garrett Wong at the uh, at some Star Trek convention and talking about his their show, the Delta Flyers. Yeah. And I was like, read my fucking mind. Yeah. <laughs> We can do a Star Trek show. We can do a Star Trek talk show. Let's do it. Now is the perfect opportunity to do it. 
you know, you call your Star Trek friends and I'll produce the shit out of it and let's just see where it goes. And if it, if it goes nowhere, we'll have some fun for a bit. If we're not having fun, we'll stop doing it. And if we're having fun, uh, and we can figure out how to make it successful so much the better. Uh, so we had a lot of time. So we just started, we spent a year sort of bubbling it together right. and, uh, you know, trying to learn about how this all works because uh, everything we're doing with this show is a first for us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, but for me, it was a. It was. It's a passion. Star Trek is a passion thing. So the moment the ball was dropped in front of me, I picked it up and I ran and I was like, "You're not taking the ball away." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is this is exactly. Uh, so so yeah, it's exactly how I I did it with Pool Paul. Um, who was probably regretting giving me my own Star Trek show because it's like he asked me on a random podcast last year to talk about Star Trek and I think it was two hours and I was in a full uniform with the wall of bankruptcy behind me <laughs> um, shout out to the mild shelf of um, destitution and it, it's because he was like oh you're a fan and then he sees you and he's like oh you're a oh, fan, you're a fan. <laughs> right okay um, so he was it very very much the same and that was always like when i got into working in tv and film like i studied it and that was my goal to go yeah. and work in star trek i think it's every trekkie's goal yeah i think it's every trekkie's goal to either be behind the scenes or a cameo or something like that just to be involved in star trek i think it's a pilgrimage for a lot of people um, so I know exactly how you feel where because we are starting out doing these podcasts as well. We are learning as we as we go, but it is so much fun. But in terms of making the show, were there any hurdles that you encountered along the way? The shuttle pod show. Oh yeah, the whole thing was a walking has been a walking hurdle. <laughs> I, I've heard Wash the Plant is a bit of a diva. Yeah, how's Wash? Like, have they been difficult <laughs> to manage? Wash is fine. He's sunbathing right now. <laughs> is he still in the feta cheese tub? He is, but I, he is, but I, I think he's close to outgrowing that as well. Apparently, nine pounds of feta cheese container is. Uh, <laughs> Why nine pounds of feta cheese? I need to know. <laughs> yeah, what happened? What were you? Are you just sitting there with a fork, being like, "Was okay, the pandemic was the pandemic that bad that you did what the rest of us did and just cried and had nine <laughs> pounds?" <laughs> yes, I, I reintroduced myself to ice cream during the pandemic. Oh, I should not have done that. <laughs> I, it's a good choice, though. It's a good choice. Oh, good. I just—it's so bad. <laughs> Uh, I can't say anything. I've had an entire, you know, those bars of dairy milk, the huge ones, the ones that you could probably murder someone with. Uh, Cadbury's dairy milk. I've eaten nearly a full one of them today just by picking it. And I'm like, okay, the trick is not to own the the chocolate, and then it, and then you don't eat the chocolate. So yeah, oh. yeah, maybe uh, that's or self control. Def- one of them. Fun trick I should try one day is to just not have it. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. I'm noticing that uh, some of the people who know me in your chat are <laughs> giggling at the fact that my Discord is open. I never noticed this. Do I need to close it? Is that is that the noise you're all hearing? I don't know. I've only yeah. heard it. I once. just I just like how many of them are just like you need more ice cream, and it's like okay, so <laughs> yeah. you have yeah. a, you have yeah, a like, fan base of enablers, basically. You need an eighteen pound tub now, and it's just like what? <laughs> for yeah. wash off a mark. What? what? <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I think the biggest ones have been uh, finding the balance between uh, making the production value as high as possible while keeping the budget as low as possible because we don't have fi a financier. We don't have financial support. There's no studio or network behind us. Uh, starting the show has all you know come out of our pocket and uh, keeping it going is the same. We, that's uh, we are so incredibly grateful for the community because um, we are very very close to being self-sustaining right now. And once we get to that level, uh, we can slowly start to grow, uh, which is the goal. Uh, but there's always financial challenges when it because of that. Uh, and all, you know, a lot of people say, well, why don't why don't you just do, uh, you know, via Zoom? A lot of these podcasts do it by Zoom. We're on a Zoom yeah, show, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, that's valid. But I think uh, one of the things that makes our show special is the in-person uh, uh, intimacy, that, yeah. that the conversation that can only come when all of our natural human communication faculties are at play, which means being in person, you know, yeah. and yeah. not and because uh, then you can finish each other's sentences and you can touch each other and you can so much of how we communicate is not by what we are barfing out of our mouth plus the... it's also the quality of equipment like yeah. so uh the other show i do which is the girl podcast uh we do that over discord but everyone has different mics so it's basically this whole thing of just being like oh so everyone sounds a little bit different because the room's slightly different or the mic quality is a bit different so having you all there in the same room you're like okay this is gonna sound brilliant and obviously it does you know but shran cinematography as well because it's it's absolutely top notch the 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 way it's framed the lighting it's absolutely but it's it's what what comes across to me it's the natural banter between dom connor erica yourself and the guest it, it's just so fluid and that's why when you watch it it's it's not just a podcast it's not just a uh you know we sit down and ask questions it's so it's friends getting together talking about you know yeah. for, for want of a better phrase war stories of star trek and what are they that's doing? it yeah and it's Four stories, you know, it's, uh, Connor and Dominic, uh, specifically were, um, a part of this thing and had this incredible adventure 20 years ago. And literally everyone involved with Star Trek knows what they're talking about instantly. You know, they all have that thousand yard stare. Yeah. Uh, they've all got that inherent experience that, you know, that, that transcends having to say it. Uh, they can so still hear it's... the bridge noise in the background when they just stare off into the distance. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I all... doing that on set. <laughs> all of They're... the guests mentioning that, like, you know, what the audition process was like and stuff. And, like, you know, where you had Tim Russ on, and Tim Russ was like, oh, yeah, it was one audition, and then I just got it. And you were like, what? You know, and, and all of the rest of them, like, you know, were just like, hang on. Four what? or five what auditions over the space of four to six months. And you're like, yeah, in front of a room of like 50 people. Were there that it? much of Spaceball fans at Paramount? They were just like, nope. He's here. <laughs> oh, you're that guy. Oh, okay. oh, that guy. Right. Okay. Um, we ain't. What was that, Matt? Oh, get me uh, Tim Russ. Yeah, that's it. Fetch me Tim <laughs> Russ. We've yeah. got an emergency. It's like the bat phone. Yes. But uh, I have. To, I have to say though, I this is my will get me cancelled and probably thrown out the airlock or something. But um, uh, when has I feel really embarrassed because Dominic Keating. When I was watching Enterprise, I was just like, oh, it's a fairly nice 
English accent, but it's, you know, it's a bit shaky in places. Because <laughs> I genuinely thought he was an American actor. <laughs> and then see, yeah, and I was like, I'm literally just being like, watching the short portrait, and I'm like, oh, fuck, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That is, and then and then realizing, oh, he's that guy. Oh, and then realizing that I know him from all these other places, and just being like, oh, <laughs> you know, like it's so embarrassing. Plot twist: Connor is British. <laughs> I love that story. I love that you thought that his accent was poor, and he was a, an, an American actor doing a a shape British accent. <laughs> It's like the, the biggest insult ever, you know, but like that's genuinely like how what I thought. And I was just like, oh, okay, right, cool. And then you realize it's because it's probably the most authentic sort of English accent. Like it's this, you know, and uh, just something about it. But, but we're used to sort of sending in English people to America and then they just have to be American, you know, like Hugh Laurie and stuff where they're like, oh, well, you know. But he sort of adapted some American uh, dialect. Uh, in certain places when he talks because he goes on about math yeah he he has when you when you listen to him it's just like that's an american accent that's an american, but it's the tiniest of words and mannerisms and he's just like you can tell he's been there for a long time but he's tried very hard not to allow uh being surrounded by america because i'm i'm a mimic for accents so if i go to newcastle i'll talk geordie and he'll be like what the hell are you doing but it's it's i do it in america and i apologize to any americans in the chat i don't mean it but dominic he it's just to be there for for 20 25 years now nearly 30 years and still retain that british accent yeah it's absolutely incredible but he i, I think he tries to retain it I, I think he likes that he can kind of get away with things because of the accent <laughs> like oh this is just the way this is how the british speak it's like okay. <laughs> okay. Part of us do. The rest of us are just like, "Hey, up! How's it going?" <laughs> oh, oh, podcast. I'm from Hull, so I'm from I'm from t- podcast. <laughs> but no, it's. Uh, I mean, how how does it feel as a trekkie yourself to be in a room and talking to all these legends of Star Trek? It's, uh, I'm having that time of my life. Uh, I think what you posted uh, on Twitter, maybe Nerdy Up North, I don't know who did it, but I think it said something, uh, our guest is possibly the luckiest Star Trek fan. Uh, and I would say, I think I am the luckiest. <laughs> uh, uh, the only, th- I mean, maybe Terry Metalis is the, is the luckiest Star Trek fan because they actually gave him a whole show. He's a lucky boy yeah. overall with two DeLoreans. Lucky. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> to be fair, though, it's like there's luck and then there's sort of doing something great with it. Like, you know, Picard season three was phenomenal. I'm just kind of like going, yeah, okay, cool. You know, like I lucky, think, but stay where you are, you know. I, I, I think with with Picard season three, I mean, the Shuttlepod show gave me the confidence to, to be on that podcast last year. And I think I commented on a few of the videos saying, I'm going to start my own show. And that was because of Picard season three. And to be now talking to you guys, you know, to, to, to you guys in the chat, to Mark, to everyone that we've talked to all over the world. And it's like, this has happened in the space of three months. What? what? And to, to meet these people and to, to have this 
wonderful community that I, I never knew existed because people think, oh, Trekkies, and people think of gatekeepers and negative people are like, oh, you can't have that turbo lift noise because that's from the original series. And it's just like, shut up, Derek. It's fine. But meeting the wonderful... Derek's not a real Trekkie. Yeah, yeah. Meet, <laughs> meeting you and meeting all the lovely people, it's, it's just been so wonderful. And I, I would imagine... When you get a guest, I mean, meeting Jonathan Frakes and stuff like that, how how can that make you feel to be like, I've got Jonathan Frakes on my show this week? It's like, I'll be on the ceiling and not come down. Uh, I just deal with it the way you suggested. I deal with uh, I, I, your intro at the top of this by just being like, eh, it's yeah. this Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No, it's really, it's amazing. I'm, it's, this is the first time in a very, very long time where I have fun doing work. You know, I enjoy, I really, I've always enjoyed the challenge of producing. I've always enjoyed, you know, uh, crafting story and being a filmmaker and working with all the incredibly talented people that, that have to, uh, I used to, there was this phase in my life where I would go to the movie theater on my own and watch the big movies, uh, you know, where the credits would roll for 20 minutes. Yeah. At the, for the thousands and thousands of people that worked on it. And it would bring me to tears. Like I'd be sitting there by myself with the house lights up as the credits are still rolling. Uh, the guys movie. at the side being like, we, we kind of want to tidy. Could, could you leave? You know? <laughs> yeah, please. We have to <laughs> clean up your mess now. Uh, I'm the guy who just throws all my trash all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making jobs for you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm the reason you have a job. I pay yours. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, so I just, I love the, the uh, how complicated it is and how many people have to work so hard to make yeah. these things come to life um, is something that I've always been excited about. But, uh, you know, there's, there's also always the fact that I was working, eventually there was a suit above me or like a conference room full of suits. Mm. And uh, that was always, that was kind of like, it started to become uh, a soul crusher, uh, having some kid in a suit uh, come in and ask terrible questions that have no relevance whatsoever to the thing you've dedicated your soul to yeah. for the last years and have them just like this amazing movie you've been working on about, you know, this, you know, cattle rancher in Texas. Maybe, how about this? Let's set it on Pluto. <laughs> Instead of him being a cattle rancher, he's like a shooting, rooting, tooting rock star uh, who steal robs banks on, in the outer rims. And it's like, I'm well, I'm actually making it sound more interesting now because it's a sci-fi yeah, movie. Yeah, I kind of want to see <laughs> it. Yeah. They come in and they crush your soul, and it's yeah. really sad. And this, we're doing it ourselves, and we are our, um, I think part of the reason that... Um, I would guess, and we've talked about this a lot, uh, I think part of the reason why we uh, have have been growing such an, uh, an awesome community around our show and that we're having success with the show uh, is, uh, well, not obviously the hard work of everyone involved, but because I am such a Star Trek fan and because none of us know what we're doing uh, in terms of making a, a YouTube show, an online show like this, and it's like, well, we'll never know until we try it. Uh, we end up just doing 
what we as fans would want to see. Yeah. And it seems yeah. to be working. So um, I think uh, I think if we approached it, uh, like, I don't want to speak negatively about anyone or anything, but I don't think I would be happy making the producing the ready room. Uh, you know, it, it would be still be an opportunity to talk with all to meet and talk with all the, the great actors that I've been a fan of for so long. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's there's an entire marketing team pulling the strings there, and um, I, like that would kind of make me sad. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's it. It's like like you say, it's not having that over you know, the overseers there being like, oh, well, maybe we should speak to this person. And you'll be like, don't really want to speak to that person. I want to speak to this person, you know, like, and I want to ask these kind of questions. And I think, yeah, that that being afforded that freedom must be like wonderful, I think, you know, but it's, it's like me and Goodwill, we have this wonderful thing where we're like, what should we do? Like, you know, like we're, we're in total control of it and it makes it very fun. It makes it very enjoyable to do. I mean, my question uh, I was going to ask was like out of obviously outside of the shuttle pod show, if you haven't had them on yet, but like out of all the Trek actors and like crew members you've spoken to, like what, what, what's the most shocking fact or bit of gossip you've heard? Like, cause there's loads of stuff on the shuttle pod show where people are like, what really that happened? And you're like, <laughs> you know, I've been shocked a fair few times, I must admit, when I've been watching. Yeah, some of them. Like, I was just like, what? That that was a thing? I forgot what it was, but there was one of them where it was, um... I've forgotten, someone just dropped a bomb and you were like, what? Was it Rick, <laughs> was it Rick Berman and UPN going, boy bands in the mess hall? And I was like, <laughs> mm. <laughs> It worked for Buffy, though. You know, Buffy, where they just went like, oh, let's have a band every week just playing in the bronze. And it was like, and it, it worked for that, but yeah, it would have been weird on Enterprise. Um, it's difficult for me to answer this question because we are on set every week, uh, actually having these conversations with these people. Mm. And, uh, I don't want to give an answer that was something that, uh, we purposely left out of, of an episode. Okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's no because... NDAs though, surely. <laughs> Part of the reason that our show, uh, that, um, Star Trek alumni that guests uh, like coming on our show. And we have, yet, we were just talking about this yesterday, how we have yet to have uh, a bad experience with a guest. Uh, uh, I think that they, the fact that they can trust us with revealing themselves yeah. and trust us that we, that we'll, we won't let them misspeak or go too far uh you know or make them look bad we're not looking to get a scoop we're just we're genuinely lit, interested in hearing their story and learning about them in a way that you don't necessarily get to learn about them at a convention or in a standard interview because all of it it's usually here's the 20 star trek questions you get every single time you appear yeah. and then maybe like a couple of relevant questions for the thing you're publicizing now yeah um so to give them an opportunity to just talk about their life and what inspired them and who inspired them and you know how what how they found their their way into star trek and uh and what they're doing now and you know it's it's wonderful i mean graham has mentioned armin shimmerman's interview that guy i could listen to all the live long day because just to hear about his and this is why i love 
the the shuttle pod show in particular because it's not just about star trek yes you get to star trek yes we talk about star trek but it's about their life their experiences i mean andrew robinson holy shit oh like, my god what a life that gentleman yeah. had had and he you know garrick was for, for ds i mean i know you're a huge ds9 fan and we'll, we'll get into that but for ds9 garrick was hands down one of the most interesting characters in that show and you think yeah that's great but then you listen to andrew robertson you're like holy shit like he was unbelievable that it, when he was young he did so much crazy shit and you're like <laughs> he what an incredible human being but same with armin shiverman like the teaching shakespeare was it is it um southern carl so carl university that he I can't remember the actual university, but it's yeah. the idea of like he taught Shakespeare at a university, like, and he said it was like short lived, but you'd like, that's that's still incredible, like, and also knowing that he's so used to Shakespeare, he's so versed in it, it's like that's, but it's fascinating. The US, all of them are, yeah, that's something that shocked me is how all of them are like, well, when I was doing Shakespeare for ten years, it's like what? <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean, listen... I knew a heavy theater bend to uh star trek at least uh, legacy trek which is i think we can all accept that that's a perfectly fine thing for me to say i hope <laughs> uh i don't want to step in, in in any of it with any star trek fans but uh you know the original series through enterprise and all those shows uh they really had a theater bend to them and uh, uh it was like plays in space um i think uh, some of the new Trek is more adventures in space, which is great. I love all the new, I love, there's no Star Trek that I don't love. And Thank you. And people uh, have negativity around that. Um, I'm watching some of it go on in your chat right yeah, now. Yeah, Nina's so. just said that toxic fans can go touch some grass and then come back when they've calmed down. I absolutely agree, Nina. Uh, <laughs> take when, a walk. Yeah, take, take yeah. a walk. Take a walk. All Star Trek. The thing, it's like it's like like you're saying. I'm I'm more a fan of Legacy Trek, uh, but it's this idea of, but there's something wonderful about so many new people being brought into Trek and discovering Trek through the modern stuff, like through Discovery and whatnot, and being like, this is what I want, yeah. rather than being like, oh, you have to love this and then hate that, or you know, vice versa. It's it's rubbish. it's that idea of yeah. Well, it, if you don't like Discovery, own... don't watch it. You know. Yeah, each generation has their own identity. Uh, they move culture one way or another a little bit and make it their own, yeah. you know. And I think, you know, Star Trek spoke to me at a time in my life. And uh, I'm grateful for the Star Trek that brought me into it. Uh, but I, it doesn't mean that I'm angry that they're making more. Uh, I, I, I'm, yeah. Star Trek is Star Trek is love. Star Trek is life. And without... Because people hate on Discovery quite a lot, and yes, you know, we oh, come on. Discovery's yeah. great. <laughs> but without Discovery, you wouldn't have Strange New Worlds, Lower Decks, Picard, yeah. and let's not forget these people who make this. They are possibly even hard, more hardcore fans than you or I. You know, you look at Terry Metalis, you look at the showrunners for Star Trek: Prodigy. These guys, Mike McCann from Lower Decks, they know the source material. And it it, yeah. it shines through. Yeah, I lower decks shocked me that when I sat down to watch it. When I turned it on one night, 
I thought I would turn it on, see how I liked it, and you know, go to sleep and work the next day. I ended up watching like five episodes. I woke up and it was <laughs> auto playing into season two already, uh, and I had to go back. <laughs> and it's so done. Good. It's done so much from like a fan's perspective. Yeah. yeah, it's it it's really done from a fan's perspective, where you're just like, no one would get this gag. Like they've just chucked in this random sort of reference, and you're just like, oh, I get that, and you just go, whoa, you wouldn't know that. It's it's so good. Admit to something here. When I was in college, uh, I uh, created a graphic novel, uh, a, co a comic book series. Uh, it was called Civvies, <laughs> and it was about the lower decks, the civilian contractors who were in the bowels of the ship, the Enterprise A, uh, during Star Trek VI. Uh, so they leave space dock to go escort the Klingon Chancellor back to Earth for peace talks, and then Star Trek VI happens. That's the whole series of comic books. And I was, I've was i held it very near and dear for a very long time, and I was like, this is the Star Trek show that I'm going to pitch when I get a chance. And then Lower Decks came out, and I was like, shit! McConnell! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, mean, I think it's great, though, because it is that whole thing of, like, you know, you in Trek were always used to just following the bigwigs of, like, the, you know, either the space station, the S9, or the ships in there. And we get, like, that one episode of TNG where it actually goes, hey, here's actually, wait, it's, that's actually called Lower Decks, isn't it? It is, yes. The, that's what they show. Yeah, there we go. There. <laughs> there we go. There. But Lower it's Voyager as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's yeah, no. Um I wanted to ask about the Shakespeare stuff. Like it's so weird. Like Dominic Keaton especially, where he just like, oh yeah, yeah, the uh, Hamlet, and he'll just be like, Oh yeah, we've all done that. And I'm just like, Oh wow, okay. So they've all played all these roles and they've all got this innate knowledge of Shakespeare. And it's just like, oh, I didn't realise it was so prevalent. I think in England we don't really care about we're sick of Shakespeare. We're like oh, fucking Shakespeare again. Wow. All the time. You know? Are you an are you a uh, professionally trained English actor? Is that what you no. would? <laughs> no one has ever there used the word professional, professional about me. us. <laughs> That's awesome. I can guarantee that. Uh, I am English though, so it's like this. Treat your career like you treat your pie. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. With disdain. <laughs> But I know you want to ask about DS9 because we are all, I think all three of us, I think that's probably our favourite series, Deep Space Nine. Probably. It's probably. it's mine. Like, mine was Voyager for a long time. And you you know how usually the first thing you see is tends to be your formative one, yes. your your one you like. Yeah. I think I saw TNG when I was a kid. And then I saw Voyager when I, when I was more grown up. And I loved it. And then I saw DS9 at last. And... Yeah, and I'm just like, I like this. This I love this more than the others. It's amazing. But that was your question, wasn't it, Ren? Yeah, no, I, I was just going to ask, like, sort of, um, what is it? Like, how do you... I was going to ask, like, how you felt about DS9 finally getting the attention it deserves now through streaming and stuff. Because when you had Nana Visitor on, and she was basically talking about how it was like the bastard stepchild you know, like on Trek, you know, and they were like, oh God, let's get Voyager out, you know. Uh, how do you feel about it? Uh, I mean, I, I'm really glad that these shows are getting so much love again. There's a second round of love for it. Like, uh, we talk about this about Enterprise a lot, is yeah. uh, 
it's a second heyday for Enterprise. In fact, Star Trek Enterprise is very likely considerably more popular now than it ever was uh, when it came out. And I, I don't think it was the, it wasn't the show's fault. Uh, it wasn't the cast. It was, you know, it was the upheaval of the American television model, the business models that, that you know, profit uh, the production of television. Uh, and it was, uh, you know, the, the legacy, the legacy again, the legacy powers, you know, the major studios not wanting to let go of the model that has been tried and true for yeah. creating revenue uh, and instead of embracing how the future could go. And, you know, in the United States, at least, uh, we talk about this a lot on the Shuttlepod show, Enterprise was not on the TV when it was scheduled to be on the TV. Uh, because local affiliates could put on a local football game or, you know, there were other. So when people were watching Enterprise, if they didn't have a DVR, and even if they did, because they still wouldn't be able to record it, uh, there were entire swaths of episodes that they would never see until DVDs were released. Um, I dare say, I dare say with Star Trek Enterprise particularly, it had more popularity in the UK than it did in America because of the, the 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 mess that UPN was and the fact it wasn't aired in some. I mean, I think if correct me if I'm wrong, that where Scott Bakula is from, they couldn't even watch it because it was it was bumped for baseball games and it was just knocked about yeah. left, right, and center. But in the UK, yeah. we we have a satellite channel called Sky One. And they heavily, like when it aired in 2001, they heavily promoted it, heavily, you know, this is the next big thing. And it was it was a staple. So it, like it had its its fixed air date every week for all the way through. Yes, it was six months later because seriously, back then it was ridiculous, the UK, how badly we were treated. But it was fixed. And I dare say from talking to people and reading all the magazines and stuff, it was more popular over here than in the US. Uh, I know it was very There's only four people in England. There's only me, you, and like sort of one crazy old grandma and then That's some old. kind of sentient dog. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's like, so it's not quite as good as being a success in America. That's funny. Uh, yeah, it makes me sad, but, uh, you know, uh, that's the way it goes. I think what you were asking about DS9, I'm really grateful that it's finally getting the love that it deserves because it was, it was, you know, it was a little different and it was a little different because we were a little different. Uh, and you know, we wanted to like, it's the, the, the bubble Gene Ronberry's vision, which is the thing that so many people talk about. And I agree with in the future, there will be no hunger or hate or bigotry or whatever. And it's like, all right, well, you know, in our bubble, sure. But as we grow, the bubble gets our larger and there's the frontier to that bubble. What is it like on the frontier? How do we, we're going to continue to run it if there is uh, in in the Star Trek world as you know the the vision the the dream or the um, the, the Federation and everything that it stands for uh, if it's going to change the galaxy you have to continue to encounter new species uh, and new civilizations who may not see eye to eye with you uh, and address that and I don't think that that makes it darker I think it just makes it reminds us of the struggle that we currently have to be better people and to be a better civilization. It was very uh, ahead of its time. Relevant. I think it's really important, and I think that's also why I like Star Trek, mm -hmm. that aspiration, the aspirational story of 
becoming better people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it was it was very ahead of its time, and I, I think now more than ever is I think it's perfect for it to make a comeback in some form. I think we need to revisit DS9. DS9 2. DS9 2. DS10. <laughs> DS9 2.0. DS10. <laughs> they, they just replaced it. They knocked it down and built a new one. But <laughs> I, I think it's that thing, though, and it's great that you got stuff like Lower Decks, where basically they are. They did a DS9 episode and they had like Nana and they had Armanchim and like sort of as guest voices on it and stuff. But it's like. There's so much that you can do with it. Like, the, actually, can I ask a question, Goodwill? I know you can of, ask as many as you like. I've I've been like monopolizing all the questions and stuff, and I've been like, "Oh, Mark, just listen to me. I want to talk oh, to no, you his about meds, tech his, stuff." His, his his meds are falling off. Someone get the hype. Up <laughs> the meds are falling off. The, the med is meds are basically coffee. But um, I, I wanted to ask like, <laughs> I've got so many random questions. But um, uh. What was I gonna say? Actually, no. I was gonna. I was gonna ask, like, um, if you you touched on it earlier, but obviously we've already kind of had that. But if you could create a spin-off show to elaborate on any character or event in Star Trek, what would it be? Holy shit! Like, yeah, like, well, you know how DS Nine is literally just a throwaway line from like TNG, where it's like, oh yeah, the Cardassians, oh they subjugated this planet called Beja or something like that, and then you're like, oh well, that's filed out of it, you know, into a different. Plot, really, but uh... we ask the tough questions here. That's a really, uh, you know, a lot of times I know exactly what it is. I think about it day and night, and it's on the tip of my tongue. But uh, this is a question that I've actually, um, ever since I lost civvies to yeah. Death, I've been like, what well, if I had an opportunity to spin off? And maybe this is a uh, like a conversation point. I've got a dry erase board on this wall here. Uh, is covered with ideas for things that we can do with our community, right? Yeah. Conversations mm -hmm. that we can have and and all that. And you know, what what is the best spinoff is is a question that often comes up. Yeah, uh, I don't know right now. Uh, mm -hmm. There's so many awesome things that you could run into. Uh, the one thing that I most definitely uh, have always wanted to see, and I think we're we're gonna we're gonna. Uh, well, maybe not. Uh, one of the things that I've always wanted to see is the the first Romulan Earth War. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. I know Enterprise was making its way to it, uh, and then they had to like leapfrog it to end the show, um, which was sad. But that's what I wanted to see. Yeah, I asked Brandon Bragger this, the very same question at my my very first Star Trek convention, and I was like, "Hi, but I mean, I was I was fine. I wasn't nervous at all." <laughs> and I was like, hi, hi, Brunner, blah, 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 blah. Wobbling like a jellyfish. I was, I, I would have fell off the plate if I was on one, but uh, I asked about the Earth Romulan War because season four had ended and we were just starting to get the first murmurings and, you know, Romulan interference and stuff like that and the forming of an alliance. And I said, would there have been an Earth Romulan, you know, would you have shown it in Enterprise? And he was like, oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah, we would have shown it. Maybe not in season five, but it would have built up to a you know an adventure like ds9 did with the dominion war but it would have built up to that because it is in in trek history it is a pivotal moment like the attack on kitana yeah. and stuff like that it's stuff that you want to see played out and i hope maybe down the line when they do uh miniseries or anthologies if they do consider that or even a long trek 
that they do the Earth Romulan War because I also feel, and I don't know how they do it, but I also feel it would be a good time to bring back the crew of Enterprise in some shape or form. Yeah, I, that's another uh, graphic novel that I'm have been working on. Uh, there's a there's a um, a second spinoff that has always been at the top of my list as well, which was the you know that the that great yesterday Enterprise, uh, the great Next yes. Generation episode. B comes yeah. through and goes back and saves. Yeah. By, by you know the story leading up to that, I think would be amazing. Um, uh, that's incredible. Absolutely, I can't believe we need to read these graphic novels. Like we, I want to read civvies. I just want to see what lower decks were like in the age of the Enterprise A, where there was just not. I mean, I know there's bunk beggars in lower decks, but the crew of the Enterprise A and the Excelsior always had a rough time. I mean, you look at flashbacks, and they were sleeping in their uniforms for God's sake. These dudes didn't even have pajamas. Is that that episode that we were the, the yeah. Voyager one? And yeah. I had I had the issue, and I was like, well, first of all, Dimitri dies and then comes back, but we don't talk about death in Star Trek. And then they're just they're sleeping in the monster maroons. How harsh was it back in Starfleet where they didn't even provide like field pajamas for people? No, no, you were talking about this earlier in terms of the cosplay when we had Sean Ferrick on. If you had a monster marine maroon, you wouldn't take it off either. So. Oh no, no! I would, ne- I would yeah. never. Yeah, so you would sleep in Monster it Maroon is like the most desired uniform for most people because you can never replicate it, and obviously everyone will look good in bell bottoms. That's that's my take of that. That's all I'm <laughs> going to say. Give me a perm and bell bottoms, and I will I will rock the Monster Maroon. But it's yeah, it's. <laughs> Wow, we've gone off on a tangent. Is that the first tangent? It's the first time you've led us off on a tangent. It's usually me, you know. Sorry, I do apologise. Look, I'm wearing this. I've been distracted uh, for a minute because I I keep reliving that awesome uh, Strange New Worlds episode uh, where uh, it's basically the balance of terror. Oh, the finale. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! <laughs> what an episode! So, yeah, when I watched. I like sat up and I was like, "Oh my God!" They're doing an alternate version of Balance of Terror. Yeah, but the shock like... for shock remake of Spock on the bridge as well. When it like, it it shows the the interior of the Romulan. It's, it, obviously, it's a Romulan, and they just yeah. slow pan up, and it's just he does the eye. But they put a little ting when he does the eyebrow, and I'm like, "Ah!" Oh! It's like I <laughs> I see this. I know what you're doing. That is why I love... This is why Trekkers producing Star Trek will always win. <laughs> because they I know... Think, I, think, I think we should retcon that all... Uh, uh, Nina in the chat is saying that they should stick with the blue underwear. And I think that we should retcon that. That they don't sleep in their uniforms. They all sleep in blue underwear. So, <laughs> Starfleet existed for 250 years. And for 250 years, it's been blue hot pants and tank tops. No matter what your race, it's blue underwear. (laughs) Mandatory underwear, I think. The underwear (laughs) chat started early this evening, Sinois. Well, to be fair, we're we're talking about someone who has associations to uh, Trip Tucker. And, uh, you know, I think we need to talk about undergarments. Right. First of all, my hair is based on Connor Trenier from seasons one to three of Enterprise. (laughs) I I didn't know that. Thought I recognised that. What do you mean? Of course, you, of course it is. It's frosted tips. Side eyes. It's like, oh, it's Captain Goodwill. It's Captain, yes. <laughs> Trip didn't die. He just assumed a different 
slightly worse we, for wear eyesight form. We have, um, so for our Patreon members now, if you're a Patreon member, uh, you'll, you'll have all of our new merch that we've created for our Patreon members that only Patreon members can get. Mm-hmm. Have the blue underwear. Uh, <laughs> I don't have it here, but uh, you know, the it's uh, Connor's character, uh, Trip wore the tank top and Reed wore the t-shirt, the v-neck tee or yeah. the crew neck uh, so it's the underwear with their shirts, uh, and, uh, you know, the shuttle pod show logo on any of that. And so <laughs> that's how we're going to stamp our Patreon members is uh, this... with the blue. You see, Mark, we need to listen to you in terms of merchandising because we've been doing it all wrong. We've just been putting our logos on T-shirts and going, no, nope, underwear, the assemblance <laughs> of underwear and the logo. <laughs> Trekking up if North Wi-Fi. A print of underwear on it. See, we, we need to talk to you about marketing now. We absolutely do. We, because we need we need Nerdy Up North branded underwear. Although the chat's probably going to take that and run with that later on, God help me. But yeah, yeah. The amount of fuss we had about people licking you at the last convention. Yeah, don't lick me, guys. <laughs> not, not in the convention. No. Lick Goodwill. No. Um, yeah. Next question, Sam. Oh, my question next. <laughs> We've got uh, General Kirky. General Kirky's joined the chat. Oh, shout hey, out to General Kirky, who's been a guest on our show. Hi, I've got one of your questions here for Mark later on, so you will be mentioned more. But yeah, it's more um, questions for you, Sina, because I sort of, I hugged I, it earlier on. But... I All of my, I, I love that you, all of your questions are basically like, oh, about the, the show and all this sensible stuff. And I'm just like, hello, fellow Star Trek nerd. What do you think about this? Like, let's speculate about random shit. <laughs> well, let's get well, on. Actually, let's get on. Uh, Let's get on to Kirk you know, um, O'Brien. Oh, yeah, no. Do you accept Miles O'Brien as your lord and savior? <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> the, the only thing that can protect us from the wrath of Keiko. <laughs> I think that O'Brien is one of the greatest characters in all of Star Trek. Uh, he is, uh, yeah, he's amazing. Greatest Starfleet yeah. officer who ever lived. Just like me. He rolls up his sleeves. And, he gets... and yeah. I love that. I, I just love the fact of like where it kind of basically just goes, he rewired an entire ship like with an engineering team, but you're just going to re- rewired all of DS9. And you're like going, and that's just like a throwaway line. And you're like, hang on, you know, that's that's a, a ludicrous amount of work. But then he's mysteriously missing from Picard when he could have got this done in three days. Keiko. Hmm, but yeah, that's it. He was busy fighting Keiko in... No, we're not going to go into this because none oh, of your none fighting. of your fans are going to understand any of this nonsense. Keiko, he's growing as a man because of his relationship with the wonderful woman and character that Keiko is, and also the greatest Fight. villain in Star Trek history. It's men grow through pain, right? <laughs> so I love I love it. Just that this this in joke has escalated so far about sort of Keiko being like one of the villains of TS. Look, when Terry Metalis like... when Terry Metalis gets wind of this and Paramount give him legacy and we don't see Keiko O'Brien emerging from the smoke as the greatest villain in Star Trek history, I will be pissed. So War Dog Heim, you are hundred percent correct. I think these guys would be fun to take ice fishing. <laughs> is that um is that a euphemism for drowning us? <laughs> Is that like the Canadian version of sort of like concrete shoes? 
I mean, if you if you if you sort of enjoy the idea of you know potential violence, I suppose we could tell you that we might kill you at some point. I'd but... I'd love to pay oh, a visit God, to Minnesota. Oh God, it's just chatting and enjoyment. Yeah. I'd I'd love kill to pay me. a visit to Minnesota as an MST3K fan, as a huge one. That'll be another pilgrimage that I'd be making. So I'd be <laughs> just like Hopkins, ice fishing, no Hopkins, and just making my way there as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> what are we here? Yep. Ice fishing. <laughs> Adam Bailey's right though. Let's not forget. Oh. O'Brien is a union man. <laughs> he's yeah. a union man. Oh, yes. And he's a union man. <laughs> oh, you're excited. Yeah, support the writer's strike, everybody. Uh, give them exactly. give them what they deserve more than anything. Give them what they yeah, deserve. It's scary. Uh, um, people think that when you work in Hollywood, you're just rolling in money. Uh, and, you know, there is a perception of that because of what we put forward, yeah. uh, what the industry puts forward, what it is, you know. Um, but writers have been smashed down and smashed down. There's a, a funny thing happened. We talk about this a lot. Um, when I first started in this town, studios and networks were run by producers, people who had experience making film and television for their entire lives. Yeah. Uh, at some point between 2000 and 2010, all of them started dropping off, and the new executives, the new heads and presidents of these studios and networks, started to become lawyers or MBAs. Yeah. Uh, people who were, you know, concerned with uh, the minutia of running a business rather than the minutia of telling good story. Uh, and, you know, it's proliferated significantly with um, tech companies now becoming content creators. Uh, they've created these platforms that allow people to watch content and it was it's cheaper for them or easier for them or whatever uh, to create their own content rather than license content, have to negotiate content with yeah. content creators like studios and networks. Yeah. So uh, they started applying business models from other industries to our business, which I don't think, I understand uh, that business has to be profitable and function, but um, it doesn't necessarily apply one for one to the business of storytelling. And yeah. these writers are working their asses off and still they have to have roommates. Uh, you know, they, they have to walk to work or yeah. because it's too expensive to also have a car in LA. Yeah. Um, and they're creating some of the best television that any of us have ever seen. We're sort of in a golden age of entertainment and to, 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 minimize their hours minimize their pay and to replace them with ai is sickening um and it uh, it will it will come back to bite us we will have terrible content for a while uh all of the good content creators will go off somewhere else and create their own stuff yeah uh, uh might not ever come back so i absolutely agree stuff goes in cycles and we're at a we're on a downtrend right now and this writer strike is really important um, it's to, the same to not with, further diminish the importance of writers. It's the same with like so many industries. Like I don't know if you know, but in England, everything is on strike. Like everything is falling apart in terms of like the rail workers on strike, the post office, like the Royal Mail workers, they're all on strike. The nurses are on strike. And obviously that people will lose their lives simply because the powers that be have not actioned anything to the, for so long that it's got to the point of nurses striking and it it means that you get people in industry uh who are essential to that industry being like oh i'll go off and do something else because there's another job that's more profitable 
so I can pay my bills rather than what is essential. And like you say, there's there's no TV, there's no good content without writers. And you know, well, it's yeah, like... but like you said, Mark, we are living in the golden age of television. I mean, you you yeah, think. I... Of... I'm very much a capitalist, I re and I'm a, I'm a very I very much believe in merit, mm -hmm. advancement from merit, yeah. uh, overcoming your own struggles and and winning the admiration uh, or respect of the people around you. Yeah. Uh, uh, having said that, there is you'll never convince me. Having said that, um, I also recognize that businesses can't pay their employees if they're not making money. If the business fails, there's no jobs. Yeah. Having said that, when you're an executive making millions of <laughs> millions of dollars and um, gobbling up shares and the company is churning billions and billions in, in profits, um, you have to pay <laughs> the people who yeah. on whose shoulders you're standing. Um, that's just, you. if you don't take care of the people who take care of you, don't bite the hand that feeds you. And um, we're, we've sort of inverted that recently, and I, that, that that'll never make sense to me. But as you said, look at the, the and look, look. Uh, Kelly and Alan in the chat pointing out teachers as well. Teachers are striking in the UK, and that's very much the same yeah. thing because it's like you're saying about merit. It's like going that is something where it's going. Yeah, nobody can just step in and do that role. <laughs> you know, it's the idea yeah. of you know the, you have to be talented to do it, and we should reward people who can do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean. The, the landscape of the industry has changed over the last 13 years with the, you know, the, the emergence of streaming services, more streaming services. The last writer's strike uh, pre-2010, we didn't have that. Um, and now, yeah, we, we are going through a golden age. Yeah, we're going through a golden age. And these people, you won't get these people anymore. The, the, these people who, that have brought you this golden age will go and do something else. They will They will find, because at the end of the day, everyone wants a roof over their head. They want to be fed. They need to survive. And if you are not going to pay them, they will go, I will go somewhere else where I am recognized and where I am paid. And Adam Bailey said, are all network execs Ferengis? <laughs> a lot of them are. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, are we talking fleshed out DS9 Ferengis or are we talking beginning of TNG Ferengis? Oh, beginning with, of TNG with tails and whips with whips and <laughs> Oh my word. Oh, we won't get into that one. But yeah, moving on. Um It just got Ferengi Kinky. Uh, Ferengi. So <laughs> Ooh mocks for all. Oh 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 my. So oh, I can't even do it. Get, getting back to getting back to the shuttle pod show. What is next for you guys? Oh, that's a really good question. We've been uh, uh, we've been doing a lot of experimenting behind the scenes, and we're trying to build out our calendar through the rest of the year. Uh, we we want we want to wrap up season two and make some adjustments to our sort of flagship conversation, mm. the shuttle pod show that we do. Uh, and introduce little tiny, you know, adjustments that make improve the show, help us interact better with the community. Um, uh, so we want to launch season three with some a bit of a facelift to the show. Mm. Uh, we don't want to stop creating content in the hiatus. 
uh, and we've been experimenting with um, our Star Trek school idea, where the we're calling it the episodes. We've yeah. tested a couple of them. We're testing it out. It's not ex- exactly the way it seemed it would be on paper, um, so we're tooling with it a lot. But you know, the idea is that we are going to watch Star Trek with all of you. Uh, and then we're going to talk about what we just watched with all of you. That is the, the core idea of what we're trying to do. We want, you know, a lot of people watch Star Trek and talk about it, and they do it in really unique and clever ways. You guys, uh, uh, I enjoy your show where you talk about Star Trek. Uh, I wouldn't, I, you know, I wouldn't be popping into your chats. What uh, what is it called? What do the kids say? Sliding into your DMs. Sliding into like... the DMs. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, I do love how just irreverent all of our episodes about that are. I'll just go on a random rant about you yeah. know who from Voyager. But it's educating. Oh, it's educating the the more casual people, the more casual fans. You know, oh, they're referencing this. Yes, because in season three, episode one of Voyager, they had this sound effect, and that's why it carries on to this. Did you yeah. get why I don't have a life? So it's There's a space for that, and I really yeah. love it. How do we connect that passion? All these groups of people whose passion for Star Trek is that fits a different niche, and how do we bring everyone into a conversation um, that is a little more broad? that answers a lot of these niche questions uh, and, and gives access that, uh, to the community to start, uh, the community access to Star Trek. Yeah. So when we have Connor and Dominic and Erica and myself talking about an episode, how it worked, why it worked, what did you think, why, uh, play some games that sort of whittle out uh, conversation and nuance, um, and then bring in other people to and have a special guest who's relevant to that episode, you know, yeah. bring in Anning for the checkoff episodes, bring in um, uh, Jonathan Frakes for the pilot of the next generation, that kind of stuff. Um, in, in, uh, in we want to try to this in a way that's unique and doesn't step on the toes of some of the other people who are doing this kind of thing really very well, like the Delta flyers, like you guys. Uh, oh, we're not doing it very well. We're not very doing it very well. well. <laughs> okay. Yeah, maybe that's why I like it so much. <laughs> if you're like, I'm, I'm just riding passion, man. <laughs> there is, there is budget, and then there is budget, and we are the latter. Uh, in, t- in terms of, because obviously, you're watching these shows. In terms of Erica, was she new to Star Trek? Is she yes. learning along the way? Yeah, and she's, she's uh, coming to enjoy it. Uh, there are some nights where it's like, can we watch something not Star Trek? And it's like, no. Oh. <laughs> no. Do I want to? Does this for fun? Wait, I was saying before we started, uh, like actually streaming, like the how refreshing it is because you can tell that she's not a massive nerd like the rest of us in terms of Star Trek. She's not but a like, nerd. <laughs> but, but no, but like that passion where, like, you know, the, the fact that she's learning all this stuff. That, you know, and just like how she, I don't know how she responds to the conversation is really fascinating. And also when it has like certain names and stuff and she's just like, I have no idea how you say that. And all of us are just like, <laughs> that's part of the fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It. it's tough there a lot. Are some, <laughs> there are some trolls who are like, oh, my God, how can you not say the name right? And it's like, I can't say the name right. Oh. And I've seen that episode 400 times like i don't even think the characters in the episode all say it right all the time 
like you know, that's that's really fun when you get stuff like that and you're like you're on the same set and you're saying the, the word differently but it's... i would i love them um, how some of the like people you get on they were on the show and they're just like i did i've totally forgotten that main bit that a fan would know like like um i think in the game like armin chimmerman not remembering that it's called what's it terak nor yeah. Is it, what is it? Empak Nor is the other one. That's the broken M down M one that M they go. Empak Nor is the the one that's from. on the side, and then Tarok Nor is what DS Nine was. Because you know, in in the age of the nineties, when you've got one DS Nine filming model, how can we make it different? Turn the lights off and turn it forty five <laughs> degrees. That is the the best and cheapest <laughs> way to do that. The, the constellation from the original series. How can we make it different? Slap a sticker and put a lighter on it. Done. That's how you do it. <laughs> but you can sort of appreciate it because let's not forget these actors. This was 30 years ago and they've yeah. done so much more since then. I don't know what I did last Tuesday. How can they remember something from 30 years ago? Yeah, that's 100% correct. And, uh, you know, but, but part of the, one of the reasons, and so one of the reasons we're doing the show is because of that. Like, how you guys were on the show. How do you not know everything about it? And it's like, well, it was a job. Yeah. Uh, and it was hard work. I'm not saying it was a job so they didn't care. I'm saying it's hard work to learn your lines and to shoot it out of sequence. Uh, and like, they never, you don't shoot in order of the episode. You break up the scenes and yeah. you shoot it all over the place. Sometimes yeah. you're shooting one episode over the course of a month. You shot uh, what you're shooting now gets cut into what you shot three weeks ago. Mm. Um, and it's it's just, it's a lot. And to shoot 24, 20, whatever it is, uh, six episodes of television uh, it, it, back then, uh, you're shooting an episode a week. You're not sleeping for months. So, you know, you're not seeing your family. Um, it is really, really hard uh, to do anything other than survive when you're mm -hmm. on an actor on a major show like that. I mean, um, the, the so, 90s... Was, was... Especially when, by the sounds of it, they didn't get much time to learn their lines. Like, you know, it, like they were saying on Enterprise, where it was, you got the script on the morning, yeah. and it's like, yeah, you, you get the scene out, but it's not going to sink in. It's like, you know... Yeah. But th that was, I mean, the 90s was, being an actor in the 90s, you know, doing 18-hour days, five days a week... I mean, well, like, so the thing, the re to to get to the point here before people, I noticed Mark, Mark, you're calling them out. <laughs> it's like I'm not. Uh, uh, the point is, uh, they do know how important and special what they are a part of yeah. is, how important Star Trek is, and how special yeah. it is, and how it changed lives of so many millions of people around this planet, uh, and uh, that's why, not only just watching star trek at home is important but uh watching star trek with members of the community and learning what they think wh what they love about that episode and why what what fans love about star trek in general and why and then being able to participate you know erica and connor and dominic saying well i love this part about that episode and that's why um and we all get to know each other uh through that process and uh you know, not only will they learn a lot more about Star Trek uh, in their own way, but you guys will all learn more about Star Trek yeah. because we're introducing each other to new perspectives uh, and, you know, things we hadn't noticed or hadn't really pieced together or, 
Um, I, that's what is really exciting about this for me is for all of us to talk about it and to bring that experience, you know, uh, of Connor and Dominic and other Star Trek actors into the conversation. I have to interact. It's and the then little we, things. Erica obviously is, uh, uh, she's new to it. And also Erica's like, uh, I'm a nerd. <laughs> I'm a real nerd. Uh, Erica is a, a normal person. <laughs> 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 and so she connects with people in a way that like when you mention star trek my eyes line up when when you know she's capable of asking normal people questions and i'm but i'm like um you know what color was the <laughs> so i think she brings she brings that perspective and that and uh yeah i i'm really i'm really looking forward to what the future holds for the shuttle pod show because like i said i've i've watched the shuttle pod show from the get-go i think it was the first week it was on youtube and i watched it and i to see the progress that you guys have made the popularity the, the sheer explosion in a year year and a half it's it's absolutely wonderful to to see donna uh, dominic and connor grow as trekkies has been yeah, surprising it yeah it's 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 fantastic it's because great. yeah <laughs> and it's 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 so because we're getting it with with some of our nerdy up north members where they're like oh i'm going to start watching the next generation and all they hear is me going season three it gets better season three it gets better and they're like they're watching through season one or two and it having that new perspective on certain things is is really it's it's wonderful even after i've seen them hundreds and hundreds of times it's it's wonderful to say oh well this show basically Riker just had a holographic sex doll. That's how he found out it was fake. And you're like, damn, they're actually right. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No. I mean, I, I, have to, I have to say, though, it's like we have a wonderful community and all these Star Trek communities are absolutely amazing. Like, like when, we, when we had Sean Farrick on, it's the fact of just like we're all amazed by the love that there is in the Trek community and how different communities help each other out. Like you're telling me on Twitter, goodwill like sort of how reciprocal and how lovely it can be between all these different like people yeah. but like we've got people like beth in the chat talking about serial again and just being like and she has no idea about trek whatsoever but she still tunes in every week and we might as well just be like just talking about anything and beth will just be like I'm invested, you know, it's so <laughs> weird that, you know, and then like, like you're saying, we've got wonderful people who are like rewatching Trek and they're like, oh, well, I never gave it a, a chance, but I'll, I'll start it so I can be in on the conversation. And that's exciting. I mean, when we announced David Blue coming on, the number of people who immediately embraced it, uh, oh, what did I do? <laughs> there it is. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, so many people were saying, I, I, I love Stargate. Uh, I love yeah. SGU, uh, or I've been, it's been on my list to watch. Now I have to start watching it today. And it's like, that's really exciting. Like it is. And I think you know, that I want to be a part of the conversation. That's, yeah. um, it's people that I enjoy being a part of the conversation with. And I will keep banging this drum guys. Watch Battlestar Galactica, the reimagined series. Because there will be a series, and by God, you are going to listen to it all. Because if you think I'm bad on Star Trek, I'm even worse. Are on you going to tie them all to a chair and make them watch? Past oh no, Star no, no! Glue. Is that the premise of this? Glue 
because they can break okay. free of rope. But Sinoids, we have got some <laughs> we <laughs> Captain's orders. We have got some fan questions for Mark, haven't we? Would you like to read the first one? I'm just, sorry, I've just seen Alan B's uh, Alan M's comment of must be amazing to spit crazy Star Trek theories with me, and I'm like, don't don't go here because all I do is come up with crazy nonsense. I mean, one of my questions for you, Mark, was going to be like, um, what is it? Uh, you know how we we filled out like the Trill and the Ferengi in DS9, and they were like minor one or two episode races. I was going to ask you like which race you would like to see this happen to next like the ones where we're just going we like what's that crazy one in enterprise you know they appear for one episode and they're like terrifying in star trek shadow online. gray alien things yeah. and then they're just like never see them again in, in star trek online they were fleshed out as the alachi who were a species right, that okay. originated from the mycelial that sounds like a seasoning they originated from the mycelial network which ties into discovery oh Thank you. That, sorry, Trek knowledge of the day. I'm just going to go to sleep now. <laughs> sorry, Mark. That that was my um. That was my question before we get into the sexy, sexy fan questions. Oh, thank you, thank you for donating, Nina. That absolutely, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, so nice, Nina. Thank you. Uh, so the first fan question is it's from the lovely Nancy Congdon. Mark, how are your herbs doing? Oh. <laughs> Nancy, she's uh, Nancy's the best. Uh, our our herbs are doing uh, very well right now. Uh, I have a standing herb garden outside of my kitchen, and I found the right spot for it because not all herbs need the same light. Mm. She, <laughs> uh, she so also has a follow-up question, Mark. Do you ever sleep? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> only only under my desk. <laughs> <laughs> the way of the producer. Yeah, no, I slept last night because I didn't want to look like I was a mess on your show today. So, oh, I don't know why. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> He's the most well rested of oh, us all. I combed my hair. <laughs> I combed my hair. Yeah. <laughs> I even took a shower. Oh my god! <laughs> oh no, no, this is it's far too fancy for us. Yeah. I just signed my uniform. I sleep sometimes. Uh, I I've always been a bad sleeper. When I fall asleep, when it's hard to fall asleep, and when I finally do uh, manage to turn off my brain and actually fall asleep, uh, the moment I wake up, I'm up, and it, it's yeah. frustrating. Yeah, yeah. I I very much have that where basically once you wake up, you're like, that's it. The best start of the day, you know. Yeah, I'm just hoping my body knows what it needs, uh, and I'm not sort of cutting it all short. <laughs> <laughs> so I know. Do you want to read the the next two? Uh, yeah. Well, we've got. You've put these in the. I, let's mix this up, okay? Yeah, yeah. Basically, we've got a question from Aline Berenu. That's a lovely name, Berenu. Oh, it's lovely. Berenu? Yeah. It's a lovely name. Um, Mark, pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? No. No. Oh, oh that Very was firm. No. Yeah, that was a. Oh, it was a firm no. I like a man who knows what he wants. I will say I had a volcano pizza oh. once, uh, and I I enjoyed it in a in a surprising surprising way, and uh, it was really delicious. I don't know if it was just because it wasn't terrible and that shocked me so much, but I had it again and it was not good. Oh, oh no. no! I 
will also say that with something like pineapple, uh, pineapple can, can, can be a finicky thing. Mm. Uh, and if you get a good one, uh, it's, it's magical. And if you get a not good one, it's just like, what is this? What is this sugar water mush? <laughs> You've been a bad pineapple. Be good. <laughs> yeah, be a better. Be I'm better back fruit. onto sort of insulting my food, <laughs> insulting my cooking. Uh, but a good pineapple is a magical thing, so I'll say that. <laughs> What's the next one? Uh, Oh, sorry, the next question, uh, Nancy Congdon again. Uh, Mark, of all the Star Trek episodes and movies, which one is your favorite? Favorite, but I want to say it like favorite. You, uh, like favorite series versus favorite episode? Versus uh, favorite... I think it's episode or movie. Mm. So like not like DS9 or whatnot, just specific episodes or, you know, movies. that That one where they turn into fish and 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 possibly fuck. Uh, absolutely, they did. Oh my! Uh, I think Star Trek Six is my favorite, just because of the point I was at in my life. Um, it's that's the first movie I I, I saw. I must have seen that movie sixty times in the movie theater. I, it's it's nuts. Uh, that movie will always relate to me because that was the end of my introduction into Star Trek, and they rode off into the sunset. Um, I can hear the music right now. God, I'm going to cry. Where all the autographs are coming up. Oh, beautiful. Oh, my God. When when, <laughs> when you saw the first episode of season three of Picard and it was just so goddamn the undiscovered country, how did that make you feel? The font alone set me off. <laughs> the font? The f- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm trying not to cry on camera right now. Yeah, it, it was... This is why... I love Terry Metalis because he took so many good things from the Undiscovered Country, but there were tiny little details like the chimes on the hour. Yeah, it was from Star Trek VI. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And all of the references um, to all the best Star Trek uh, is all over the place in it. Yeah. And, you know, to recognize the theme from Star Trek Three and, and, you know, from Star Trek One and, you know, all, all of it. And, uh, you know that that amazing first contact theme and and all of that yeah i think when when we do review star trek 6 i think we're going to have to have you on <laughs> we're going to have to if it comes up on the dabble wheel of trek i am a big fan of this podcast called unplanned trek and these guys are from australia or they're, they're from tasmania specifically yeah and they uh <clears throat> they watch star trek and they um, uh, discuss it, they contextualize it by handing out awards, medals, <laughs> uh, uh, for everything in the episode. And they've started doing this thing. <coughs> Excuse me. Here, give me a second. That's <laughs> fine. Well, while we're doing this, um, thank you so much, Nancy. Ten, ten pound, ten dollars. Ten US dollars? Wow. How amazing is that? That means Paul can actually eat this month. Well, I mean, well, you, you know, we, we can eat? stop stuffing him full of dust. You, we'll you just be like, you know, huge, huge, <laughs> yeah, huge shout out to Paul. Um, for for those first time watchers, Paul is the leader of Nerdy Up North. He is the cult leader. He is the creator, the founder. He is the one that does all the swanky graphics that you see before you. He is a lovely individual. He deserves all the love, and he deserves all the recognition. We'll just see if Mark's alright. There he is. He deserves you all, all right, Mark. Yeah, are you all right, Mark? Are 
<laughs> I've almost that, died. Is that the effect that Star Trek Six has on you? Yeah. Can't talk yeah. about Star Trek. See, that's the thing. If any review, if you ever did physical media again, the review at the back, you should say, so good, I almost died. <laughs> Mark Hattie. That's it. Uh, just, you know, it was nice. It was, it was a magical movie. Uh, yeah. So anyway, we were talking about Unplanned Trek. They yeah. give out these awards, right? Um, and uh, 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 they do this brilliant thing on their Patreon where they're watching Star Trek V. The Greatest Frontier, and it's one of my favorite movies ever. And uh, uh, they're breaking it down minute by minute, so we're having like 15, 20 minute conversations about one sixty second chunk of Star. <laughs> uh, and it's been going on for a couple of months now, and it is quite possibly the most fun I've ever had. You have no idea how much minutia you can whittle out of Star Trek when you're doing it minute by minute. Oh, we um, know. You trying to move on, and I'm like, hang on, I I haven't finished criticizing the set in the last scene. You know? Hang on, the Bassard collectors were slightly off hue in that scene. <laughs> um, we're going back, going back to that last minute. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Glenn Savile from our Facebook community says, "Hi, Mark. What do you? Th who do you think has had more impact on society culturally, Spock or Data?" And, and I well, I asked him what he means, whether he meant in terms of the lore of Star Trek in the universe of Star Trek, or if he meant actually to us in terms of like as a cultural icon. And yeah, so Spock. Spock, period. Data was inspired. Data the data exists because of Spock. Yeah. Um mm. so uh data has a magical place. Uh, in in our culture and in our show in our in Star Trek, yeah. but I think Spock has had hand far and away the most uh, impact. The last he's also appeared in nearly all Trek. Like some incarnation of Spock seems to appear in every single Star Trek show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, nearly. yeah. The the last question that we've got is from our lovely General Kirby. General Kirky. I keep saying Kirkby. I don't know why. Sorry. Shout out to people in Liverpool who live in Kirkby. Um, I don't know why. General Kirky. Don't encourage people from Liverpool. Good yeah, let's they, not. They, let's they know not. what they've done. Look, in the season finale of Picard, they were going to get destroyed. That's all we know. <laughs> Liverpool was... was well, Liverpool the was... In that, little map, Liverpool. in that little map, you had Cairo, New York, Los Angeles, <laughs> Liverpool. Not London, uh, Liverpool. Purely because of Eurovision, they knew you. We had. They knew they had Eurovision this year, and that was that. They <laughs> heard the accent and they went, "Nope, that is not getting assimilated." So, <laughs> General Kirky, yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> we had the Beatles, you know. Right, so <laughs> General General Kirky. No, no, I... you need to ask this question in a Liverpool accent. You've oh, done it geez. now. I'm so sorry, Mark. <clears throat> General Kirky asks Mark, would you, <laughs> would you ever want a role or a cameo in Star Trek? If so, what would you want to be? <laughs> this has made my night. Sorry. I think Ed, would you ever want a role in Star Trek? A role or a cameo in Star Trek? Play, play, um, 
I think that I should be some like snooty semi asshole captain of another ship who swings by and maybe helps out, but is sort of a dick about it. Not full. Uh, I don't want to go uh, full Stashwick. Uh, oh, <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> full Jellico. Um, oh my! I don't want to go Jellico. I think that's also the wrong way. <laughs> Could you be uh, a admiral? <laughs> I would like to be like some insecure captain who thinks that Captain Kirk was the greatest and tries to emulate Captain Kirk, uh, but really comes into his own when he realizes he doesn't have to emulate someone else to be awesome. Ooh, what would your ship name be? Mm. Right. My ship's name would be the Mini Haha. <laughs> the Mini Haha. I love it. Absolutely. Mini Haha. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely love it. That was that was it for the fan questions, but Mark, yeah, Sinoise has got one last segment for you. We have more questions for you. Uh, <laughs> yes, okay. Now, obviously, this is a staple on the Shuttlepod show, and I was thinking that you don't really get to partake in this because you'll be, you know, you're part of the crew, you're part of the um, the the side, but you, the guests get to do it. So I thought. <laughs> Uh, you know, obviously on the show you have Desert Island with uh, Connor Trenier. So what we're doing here is Desert Island with Common Trekier. <laughs> uh, which, is, which is... And they don't come more common than us, really. But, uh, so I just wanted... So you're, obviously I just wanted to ask you the same questions that you'd have. So you're on a desert island with Common... <laughs> with a Common Trekier. I know. You're on a desert island. Uh, and what would be your favorite author that you could take with you and you get all of their works <laughs> uh you, <laughs> i thought about this a lot because the game we play but when you put on the spot like it it's like oh shit now i have to actually commit <laughs> i think that uh isaac asimov just because of the volume of material mm. Mm. Uh, and because I know that I'll always like it. Isaac Asimov is sometimes a hard read, and for anyone who's read a lot of Isaac Asimov, I think you all recognize why it's a hard read. Uh, you know, it, the the con the the convoluted character explanations of their perceived plot uh, um, machinations is always sort of exhausting to get through. Um, <laughs> Uh, and it's always there. <laughs> I, I've always found that with uh, with Stephen King, where it's the fact of he puts so much description in stuff. So he introduces a new character, and he's like, here's what they're wearing, here's what they've done today, here's all of the life stuff. And then they're in for two pages, and they never appear again. And you're like, okay, well, thanks for that. You know, Just read that. <laughs> I'm like, I've never wanted illustrations more. You know? Yeah. What would be your favorite musical artist where you can have the complete works? And why is it the Cheeky Girls? And why? <laughs> no, actually, no, you're not going to know who the Cheeky Girls are. <laughs> yeah, okay, please don't enough. introduce him to the Cheeky Girls, please. <laughs> Even that reference uh, is 20 years old. <laughs> wow. Uh, my my knee-jerk reaction is to say Meatloaf. Uh, <gasps> Ooh. Uh, I could probably listen to The Bat Out of Hell volume one on a loop for the rest of my life um wow. i don't know why it's just magical uh so i'll just stick with that why not 
And to be fair, you're definitely going to get rescued if you're blasting that out. <laughs> like, you know, know. <laughs> like, hang Eric... on, that island's rocking. Erica's joined yeah. the chat. Hi, Erica. Happy birthday for tomorrow. Oh, I go. hope Happy you birthday. have a lovely day. Lots of cake. Uh, okay. Anyway. Uh, and what cuisine would you take? And it's it could be French. It can be uh, Palmos from Borough. It oh, don't be, introduce um... him to the Palmo. <laughs> Mark, I am so sorry he's, he's subjugating be... you to such awful... I'm his... trying to introduce the man to English culture. The, we have no culture. We, we stole we, we from do. other countries. We, we, no, we've got a culture. We're like yogurt or like cheese. Okay, yeah, I guess. <laughs> so Shall we introduce him to Greg's? Salt uh, in my kitchen, and I have uh, the mustard, the Coleman's mustard in my in my kitchen. See, he's a man of culture. He's I got will bang bring him when I'm in LA. I will fly him Greg's, and he will understand the true deliciousness of a sausage roll made by proud Northern hand. It might Are be a bit I... off by the time I get there. <laughs> Can you imagine just trying to get that through, cult through, through customs? You've just got a suitcase just of sausage rolls and, like, steak uh, bakes. Any meat I to think, declare? <laughs> I think probably Italian. Um, I'm on a real deep dive into Italian right now, and I'm really enjoying it. There's so much variation on it. Uh, um, my second my second choice would have been Mexican. Mm. For the same reason, the variations are endless. Are you enjoying? Uh, is there any particular recipe you like work cooking? Uh, I'm in a pasta swing at the moment. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, pasta assassina, and uh, I was going to make a lemon pasta last night, but um, had chocolate instead. Um, <laughs> I uh, I can't complain with that. That's, that's... Uh, I've actually become obsessed with the zucchini and have, uh, we've been uh, uh, learning how to make uh, different kinds of zucchini salad, uh, different kind of zucchini pasta. Um, we've been doing Stanley Tucci's uh, like three day long zucchini pasta making process. Um, <laughs> That's and incredible. I had no idea that frying little medallions uh, of zucchini in like an uh, amazing olive or sunflower oil, like a, a good one. Um, just a little bit of a little bit of mold and sea salt. Uh, it's like it's explosion flavor in your face. Uh, I I don't know how I grew up without uh, eating fried zucchini. You see, who was the chef Sounds on Enterprise? Amazing. It was Mark. All of <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the one that we got revealed at the end. But <laughs> no, no, Riker was a pale imitation of Mark. <laughs> I take, I take it back. Uh, the character I would want to play on Star Trek would not be a captain. I would want to play the awesome chef that everyone liked. <sighs> yeah. Season five so of Enterprise. So how it's done. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, Ooh. You, you saucy mix. We're already going to know the answer to the next one, which is favorite dessert. Oh, yeah, yeah, the favorite dessert, yeah. Oh, Erica just said I'm great at pasta. That's nice. Oh. Uh, favorite dessert, uh, hands down, no question, so far and beyond everything else that uh, nothing else exists in my mind, uh, pie. Yeah. Fruit pie. Oh, yes. Homemade fruit pie. Love, love pie. It's the only reason I'm coming to America just for pie, because we get nothing decent in this country. It's all crap. I just want decent <laughs> pie. <laughs> you um, guys have amazing um, savory pie, though. Your meat pies are remarkable. I, uh, I spent... Uh, some of the pandemic trying to perfect a shepherd's pie. It was yeah. Really good. 
I like how it's like with England, there's no rules for what a pie is. Like a shepherd's pie is basically a dish with mince in it with like mash over the top and like, yeah, yeah it's. I have learned is just ground meat, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I do you call this cultured? I know there's variations, but the one that I focused on was the uh, Dutch oven version where you put, you know, and then you all the stuff in it. And then you pile a, a layer of mashed potato on top of that and look for it to brown. Oh, my. And it just oozes out the side. Oh, delicious, starchy goodness. Oh, nom, 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 nom. But yes. <laughs> I love it how um, Ke Kelly's, uh, no, Nina's saying, someone in England, please mail me some crumpets. We, we we'd love to, but crumpets are precious. You know, we can't we can't afford the great crumpet know. shortage of two thousand and twenty three. We will rebuild. <laughs> the, but um, I mean the the last question. I, I'm really this is this is one we added in. This yeah. is one we added in. But uh, the what what non track show would you want to watch uh, on this desert island? See? Got him. Uh, We've stumped him. My favorite non Star Trek show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but there's only two seasons of it. Uh, <gasps> since I'm stuck with one meatloaf cassette, uh, I I think you, that might. You get all of meatloaf. I, I'm pretty sure you get all everything meatloaf's ever done. But all of meatloaf is not my favorite. My favorite <laughs> is. <Beth>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think. Um, that album, Bad Out of Hell, the album. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think I'd probably go with something longer. Um, shit, I don't know what shows I love. I'd probably, take, I'd probably take, uh, what is it, Stargate SG-1, because I was talking with General Kirkby the other day about like how I've never seen it, but it's a bit too daunting to start, <laughs> where everyone's like, oh, yeah, there's only oh. sort of... 40 seasons of it no. and you're like okay i might be finished it by the time i get rescued or the rescue ship will arrive and i'll be like hang on hang on <laughs> two more seasons to go uh yes it's one of those it's a project watching sg1 yeah. uh and it's another for people who aren't super sci-fi fans but are kind of interested in watching stargate i'm like start watch sg1 i'll tell you what happened in the first season start with season <laughs> <laughs> like I don't want you to give up on SG one because you had difficulty with some of the struggles season one. Yeah. Had um, the, the curse of the first season in sci-fi, isn't it? It's you know it's a genuine thing. Yeah, it's a real thing, and it's not just sci-fi. It's a lot of it's a lot of shows. Have we really put yeah. you on the spot for this one? Well, this is hard because again, it's like I love so much of this stuff, and we sit down and get into it, and. Uh, Californication is one that has me bawling like a baby at the end of it every single time I choose Californication. Oh, that is a really good one. Get a nice bit of David Duchovny. David Duchovny. <laughs> Mulder. Holy, holy cow, guys. That has been our interview with the wonderful Mark Cartier. <laughs> that was probably the most fun I've had doing this show so far it's been incredible <laughs> don't know how to have fun <laughs> no i don't <laughs> we need more crumpets and we need more pie that's that's <laughs> a cultural exchange well, of meats <laughs> is that what you call it goodwill yes that's what i call yeah. it guys 
I know I've already mentioned it already, but please, if you haven't seen the Shuttlepod show already, please go to their YouTube channel, give them a watch, like, subscribe, everything. Join their Facebook, join their Twitter. If you can, join their Patreon. It's a wonderful community to be part of. Also, Sinoise, what are you doing this week? Oh, <laughs> what am I doing? I'm putting week? everyone on the spot uh, now. You. I know. Like I love how I haven't thought about this, despite it always gets asked. Um, what am I doing this week? Uh, I've actually got a pretty easy one. We are on this Sunday. We will be. Uh, I will be on the Nerdy Up North podcast in this very, very YouTube channel, so and I. we'll be talking about Pokemon because yes. bizarrely. I'm apparently one of the best people to speak to about Pokemon, and this is not true, but... Well, well apparently, <laughs> I, I, I'm co-hosting, and Are I you too, on it as well? I'm oh, the co-host. I can't get rid of you, can I? I'm no, stuck with you. Every bloody know, day, I'm just like, oh, God, it's this goodwill blood. Oh, God. I'm, I'm like, oh, herpes is sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this isn't sci-fi, this isn't Drek. But, uh, yeah, no, I'll be doing that, uh, and everything else is fine, but... Um, the links will be down below, but there I'm also a drag queen uh, called The Velvet Snatch, so you can follow my Instagram, <laughs> and we have various things happening. Sorry, what? He likes the name. <laughs> the name. Well, the, the problem is there's a whole family of Snatch, because I've, I've got a sister called Velcro Snatch, but she's a bit more abrasive. And then Who's... I've got the new character, Candy Snatch, who is terrible. Yeah, there's this whole family of different characters that I put on. I'm wanting like... him. I'm I'm wanting him to dress up as a famous prime minister from the 80s and call himself Margaret Snatcher, but he's not <laughs> milk he's not, snatcher. Yeah, the milk snatcher. That would be good. Yeah, he hasn't taken the bait yet. But uh... I like the artwork by Jacqueline Hyde you have on your website. Oh yeah, now Great. now she is really good. She she's a trans artist from I think she's from Middlesbrough as well, or I think it's Middlesbrough. I think the she's in area Goodwill. And it's just wonderful. It's, you know when you just get a certain artist on a in a particular scene where everyone has their picture drawn by them in some capacity, and you're like, oh, you know, it's like a rite of passage to be like, oh, we've got one of Jacqueline, Jacqueline's uh, artwork. Well, I I feel really bad because I haven't updated my website this year, and there's been you know that thing where you're so busy doing things that you can't tell people about the things you're doing, yeah. and then it just ends up being like, oh, I can't uh, update Instagram now because there's too much. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, and I'm just one day I'm gonna sit down and be like, let's retroactively put in all of the stuff for this year onto the website. But also, just before our podcast on Sunday, guys, the Shuttlepod uh, show will be premiering their latest episode or six sorry sorry matt go ahead i apologize uh i think it's six six p.m uk time it will be premiering the first non-trek actor that we are going to have and it's mm -hmm. all about stargate so i really really can't wait for that so please go check them out 10 a.m uh pst thank you very much nina i can never get time zones right despite me constantly promoting in different time zones also, like I said, we've got Sunday's podcast where I will be there with Sinoise uh, and the rest of the Nerdy Up North podcast team to discuss Pokemon. I know very little about Pokemon, so I will most likely be ridiculed by everyone else and cause him a little ball because apparently the, that's the what great happens. thing about Pokemon is you can just make up whatever the fuck you want and it will be a Pokemon at some point. Like I was joking the other day about like, oh yeah, there'll be one that's like a teacup or something, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's called that, and you're like, what? You know, yeah. like, oh, does it evolve into a teapot? Oh, it does. Okay, right. Well, you know, that's how Pokemon works. But also, <laughs> yeah. but also, next week, guys, we will be starting our review of season two 
of Star Trek Strange New Worlds because that comes back on Thursday. Can't wait. Cannot wait. It, it, it's not next week, though. It's it is. Next, no, no, I thought next week we were doing... Um, Captain's the, Holiday? Captain's Holiday. No, because... We, we messed up our times. We messed up our times. Okay, so, right, Captain, Captain's Holiday will be a great segue after Strange New Worlds because we will need a holiday to recover from the awesome... Professional. Shh, yeah. Yeah. We are professional. We are mildly amusing and very adequately production quality. See, I can't even get them out right. That's how crap the show is. <laughs> so we um, we will be starting our review of Strange New Worlds episode one next week. Uh, as you all know, when we do our reviews, or if you don't know, we will do scene by scene, what we love, what we don't love, basically drooling over Anson Mount again. I, Daddy. I would, yes... I, I will not get into it for fear of demonetization, but Anson Mount is beautiful. Like, I'm sorry, Anson Mount, Connor Tunier, I would climb them like ladders. That is, you know, it's the, the reality of it. If you text Connor Tunier that, please let me know. <laughs> because I just want to see Connor's reaction, and I bet it's just going to be a... No, it's going to be like, oh, it must be a day of the week. You know? <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> I have a feeling that's not the first time Connor's heard that. <laughs> he will even wear yeah. the blue underwear, Mark. That's what's scary. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, like I said, guys, everything in our description uh, below is... Uh, if you want to follow Nerdy Up North, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like, comment, subscribe. For the Facebook community, we've got a wonderful Facebook community of 8,200 followers. What a wonderful community that is. The Facebook page is 14,000 people that want to listen to us and, and too many listen to like look at our memes no. and our innate ramblings. It's, it's kind of scary. I'm worried for you a lot. We are also on Twitch. We are also on Discord. We will have a Patreon again soon. But everything in the description below, please give us a follow, give us a like. It would mean the world to us. Every little tiny thing that you do helps us greatly. We love each and every one of you. Shout out as well to Spectrum Sanctorum, our friends across the pond at Spectrum Sanctorum. Shout out to Strange New Pod as well, which are most likely going to be loving the next 10 weeks for Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Mm. Shout out to you guys. That is it. For Star yeah. Trekking with Nerdy Up North this week. Oh, one last thing. After this, I will be streaming on Twitch. I will be playing games on Twitch yes. because I haven't talked enough. So if you fancy that, then follow the links below and I'll be streaming at about 9pm. There yeah. we go. Everything English time. for Sinoise is down below. Mm. Everything for his Twitch is down below. You can find me at Twitter at GoodWillNone. If you enjoy people rambling, rambling all day every Ramming? day about... <laughs> Well, depends if it's Nemesis. Talking about Star Trek all day long, that's me. Mark, thank you so, so much for coming. It's It's been an absolute honour to, to speak to you. You are awesome. I would love to have you back if I... If, if you are not too busy or if you want to talk about Battlestar Galactica because we have not talked about Battlestar Galactica enough, Sinoise. Well, can, can, we, can, we get, uh, can we get Mark back for when we get Code of Honour from the Dabo Wheel? Yes. Yeah. Wow. That was a quick yes as well. I, I... <laughs> That's a quick... We found someone who wants to talk about Code of Honor rather than just being like, nope, didn't happen. No. I think Ma I think Mark's got a lot to say about Code of Honor. Now I'm really interested. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think we should do the whole episode on climbing frames with glove like weapons on, like just swinging about while talking about the show. Yes, why not? Maybe let's let's endanger ourselves with fluorescent tubes as we do it. Why not? Just but... smash people, our loved ones, with fluorescent tubes, or the people who work with us. Of course, that's <laughs> that's that's the British work ethic all day, every day. Pain and suffering is your reward. But guys, no, thank you so much. Thank you to my wonderful co-host, Cy Noise, for being on. Thank you very much to Mark. We will see you all next week. In the meantime, live long and prosper. Take care of yourselves and your family. Bye-bye.